You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Inside Healthcare. I'm your host, Dave Smolar, Senior Multimedia Specialist here at NCQA. NCQA, the National Committee for Quality Assurance, seeks to improve the quality of healthcare in America. We want to make healthcare better for everyone. We set expectations of healthcare organizations, measure their performance, and highlight those that do well. And we use science to help us build better health and better choices for all Americans. If you're a fan of this podcast or have any comments or concerns, write to us at communications at ncqa.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we've reached the end of the year 2022 at Inside Healthcare. For many, it's a time to reflect on the past and look ahead to what's next. So on this episode of the podcast, once again, we have the privilege to hear from NCQA's president, Peggy O'Kane, in an exclusive conversation with Frank Michike, our vice president for public policy and external relations. Peggy and Frank discuss a wide range of issues, from implementation of NCQA's health equity accreditation programs, to the launch of our annual Health Innovation Summit, to the expanding digitalization of the healthcare world. With a look back at 2022 and some thoughts about hopes for the future, here's Frank introducing Peggy O'Kane. Well, thank you listeners for joining us today. My name is Frank Michke. I'm the Vice President for Public Policy and External Relations at NCQA, and I'm joined by Peggy O'Kane, our President and Founder, uh, to discuss the year in review and even more importantly, the year to come in healthcare and uh, and in NCQA. Um, we appreciate all of your uh, uh, all of you who are listening. Um, we've found uh, the podcast to be a great way to uh, try and communicate with you directly about the priorities for NCQA, what we hope to accomplish, what input we need, which is essential to all of our work. Um, and uh, just to, uh, in general, let you inside behind the curtain a little bit as to um, how we're looking at the world and, and what you might expect from NCQA. So Peggy, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we'll always enjoy the year-end catch-up. So um, it's been quite a year at NCQA. I know um, it always seems to feel that way, but I, I would say in my uh, eight-plus years uh, at the organization, this is uh, perhaps as productive and dynamic a year as we've had. So I know much of that work has been um, sort of building upon uh, what we started off, uh, if, if we mark everything these days by uh, COVID and the pandemic, um, started off um, maybe a little before COVID, but really um, in the first couple of years of the pandemic, we're getting to work on um, areas like uh, health equity and our digital transformation in a way that I think or fruit in 2022, tangible fruit that we can talk about. And that again, we will be building on in years to come. So um, talk about where we are with health equity, what you saw this year, and um, maybe a little uh, hint as to what you see for the future in that area. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm very proud of the work that we've done. Uh, you know, we have the health equity accreditation program for those organizations that really want to demonstrate their commitment. And it really is about kind of learning who your people are and um, learning. And we have uh, we have uh, stratified HEDIS measures 
And um, so we're going to be able to get some visibility into disparities in, uh, in the results that we get on HEDIS. So uh, I think we've kind of made a roadmap for how to make progress and demonstrate the progress. And I'm proud of that. And um, we're very fortunate to have um, a lot of support from Medicaid programs and from plans. And many of the plans um, are mandated by Medicaid, but many of the plans are not. And so, uh, you know, there's been a good start and we look forward to uh, it uh, growing even more. We also launched our Health Equity Plus program, uh, which is about uh, social determinants of health and plans working with community partners or organizations working with community partners. And one of the things I wanna make sure I say is that these programs are not just for health plans. They're also for delivery systems and others that are in the healthcare ecosystem. And, um, you know, we even had two participants from delivery systems in our um, Health Equity Plus pilot program. So um, a lot of good work building on a lot of years of commitment to the issue, uh, but actually feeling now we're getting some traction. So I feel good about it. And I know uh, I've heard you discuss and others uh, inside and outside NCQA discussed uh, health equity, as you said, goes far beyond uh, health plans. And while it's important to have the health plans on board and we have seen some exciting buy-in from um, large and small health plans, um, if we're not, if care isn't equitable wherever it's delivered in whatever form, um, it really doesn't matter what's going on at the highest levels, right? And so um, the fact that we've been able to reach into these, um, whether it's health systems, uh, providers, perhaps even in the future, um, wellness program providers, anyone who's touching healthcare and working with communities um, should be attuned to that question of equity. And, yeah. um, and I think we're creating uh, tools that will allow that to happen on a much broader basis. Right. So I, I mean, I think that the point is we want care to continuously improve for everybody. So um, it, it's not that we want to hold back the, the, the top performance, but we want to make sure that we're thinking hard about how to bring up the, the lower performance. Sure. Uh, because many times the implications of that uh, fall on people that already have a lot of challenges to their health from a social perspective. So. And as you mentioned, uh, and sort of segueing into our discussion of public policy developments this year uh, related to NCQA, we had five states step forward in their Medicaid programs uh, and required the uh, health equity accreditation Pro, uh, health equity accreditation for the plans that offer Medicaid managed care, which brings us to eight total. Uh, I know one state in particular has been a, a shining star and one that um, we've worked with for a long time, but that it really feels like we are um, gelling with and fully on the same page, and that's California. Can you talk about that journey and what it means to have buy-in from the highest levels at uh, California state government? Uh, for our vision for equity? Yeah, it's interesting because I've spent, you know, before NCQA, I worked in state health policy for uh, a couple of years, three years, I guess. And uh, New York and California were always the states that did things in their own way, often very differently from other states. 
And so uh, while we've had cordial relationships with California for a long time, um, we were just so thrilled when they came to us and said, we want to align um, a, a lot of our programs and our regulatory, Medi-Cal and regulatory programs around NCQA standards, because it's really what we stand for too. And that's, that's the kind of uh, thing that really does give me goosebumps because uh, it is exactly what we've been trying to do is, is really kind of get this notion of population health to be beyond rhetorical, to be real. And um, if you, you know, there, there was a highly complex situation in California and trying to, uh, you know, they've been aligning and it's wonderful. And, you know, this is why NCQA exists really is to uh, try to have something that multiple parties can, can get behind. So that's why we're a nonprofit. It's why accreditation works, you know, it's why performance measurements, you know, standardized performance, it's a struggle uh, to get everybody on board, but it's really the idea that if you're kind of badgering the delivery system with different requirements and different ways of measuring, you're gonna get less output at the end of the day, and you're gonna get less clear answers about who's doing well because of the inability to benchmark. So it's it's like so core and central to our mission and to have, you know, tremendous leaders like uh, like the public health leaders in California um, align with us is, is a tremendous thrill. Yeah, and it's interesting, I think, when people talk about confusion or burden in terms of quality measurement or even just understanding the how well the system is operating. Um, one thing that can cut through that is the type of cohesive, coordinated leadership that California has demonstrated there. Right. Uh, we're not any more interested in, in measuring alongside three other organizations the same care. We and, and California has decided that, that we do it well and that our vision uh, fits within their vision. But it really took some leadership from Secretary Gailey, who I know you had a um, fireside chat with this year, and really, um, the cooperation throughout the system, we did not run into the types of roadblocks that sometimes happen when a mandate is uh, issued or proposed. Um, the system really rallied around this vision that Secretary Gailey put forward, and it's, it's just been exciting to, to see. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, from that perspective, that's, that was a real tremendous breakthrough for us. And I know on the federal side, um, we have uh, we, we've always, of course, worked closely with CMS and um, trying to be uh, good partners with them in the work they do, which is so important to so many millions of people in America who receive either Medicare or Medicaid or, or other um, benefits through HHS. Um, but it feels like this year we really are um, in stride and, and working closely, not just with our friends at CMS, but also at ONC. Um, how do you reflect on this year and in this last couple of years of coordination and cooperation with them? Yeah, well, it feels great um, because I, I think we're trying to, I think they and we understand that we're trying to move a mountain here. And um, you really can't, by all of us doing our own thing, that collectively doesn't amount to enough. Uh, so we really need to be aligned and pushing in the same direction. And, um, you know, I think I'm very proud of the work we've done about digitalization 
of measures and we have an incredible vision for the future of digitalized care because the measures are they're kind of the tail of the dog in my mind it's the digital delivery of care that's going to be making a big difference for people and that will make the promise of population health management uh, much more of a reality and will change the way care is delivered also so uh, we're excited about a lot of different aspects of the digitalization agenda yeah the possibilities really are inspiring mm -hmm. um and i think uh i know the office of the national coordinator is one that um obviously has been doing good work on this front for a long time but again it feels like in 2022 um, with the uh, some of the data blocking rules they put in place and with the real buckling down they're doing on getting into the weeds on how we're going to create a system where data healthcare data is truly interoperable. Um, it's been fun to watch that and it's been great to be um, at the table with them uh, as they go through that process. And I know you and, and all of us appreciate that partnership very much. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it took us a while to understand how important that standards that that are set by the standard setters um, are to our digital agenda. And so we've decided we we really want to get in there and help and help drive that standardization agenda. And I think a lot of people have commented that quality is a great use case for digital. And um, I, I agree with that. And so we've got to take our place uh, in that in that firmament. I mean, what makes this hard, I think, is that uh, it's an ecosystem that really has to kind of align. And it doesn't mean every single player does, but it does mean that key players have to be aligned with each other or we're just going to dissipate our energy um, and not make enough progress. So it's a it's kind of a different role for NCQA. Um, you know, we've we've been uh, I'm very proud of the work we've done. We've aligned with uh, with uh, states and we've aligned with federal government and we've aligned with employers, um, but we had not really uh, aligned to the degree we need to with the standard setting bodies. That is it's exciting uh, and a lot of work to come. I know yeah. um, we're gearing up for that. And it's great to have them welcome us. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, it, it, which I, wasn't necessarily the case before, so. Yes. Yeah, And um, that is a great lead into um, when we talk about working with partners and aligning and, and bringing the entire system along on this cooperative journey to our Health Innovation Summit, which was uh, the inaugural Health in Innovation Summit for NCQA. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on that event and what it means for the future of healthcare, for the future of uh, that cooperative uh, mindset that we, we all agree is necessary if we're going to make big change. Yeah, I mean, I think good things happen when people uh, have a vision that's kind of aspirational and practical. And I think both of those elements were there at that meeting. So um, I think the idea of really trying to get behind value-based payment and the uh, unfettering of the tools that are available if you're not trying to bill for every little thing you do uh, that that was a huge theme and um, you know we had a great presentation from J1 Rue from uh, Geisinger uh, that just made me understand that how much the digitalization makes possible that was never possible before you know so you can have much more 
custom customized care, mass customization. Uh, his example was with colon cancer screening and Lynch's syndrome. But you know, we've been work, we've been talking for a long time uh, with people that are doing research on risk-based screening for women with breast cancer. Dr. Laura Esserman and her colleagues, and those are only the tip of the iceberg. Um, we're also very proud of, you know, there was a fantastic panel on diabetes that I went to, and then there was another one on the last day that I missed, but I heard it was fantastic. And it was um, people from the VA um, with a patient whose diabetes had been put into remission through uh, dietary therapy. So, you know, there, there are just these incredible breakthroughs happening, and now we want to see them scale. And I think part of our mission is to figure out how to make that happen. Again, so not something we can do on our own, but um, something uh, we can use our, our small bully pulpit for. And let me put in a plug for uh, our listeners that uh, we will be having our second annual Health Innovation Summit next year between October 23rd and October 25th in Orlando, Florida. Uh, we should have registration uh, up and running soon, but um, please uh, keep an ear out for that. And if possible, save the date. We'd love to uh, have you. Yeah. So let me move to. Yeah, I mean, it was inspiring to be there, Frank. You, I mean, our, our people, we had a lot of people in town for it and everybody was so excited. I think it's partly just the joy of being back in person. Yeah. Uh, but it was also that there was palpable excitement around the innovative people that were showing what they're doing. So it was great. It really was another uh, goosebump moment, as you yeah. described earlier. Um, folks just. And I, certainly within NCQA, there was a, a bonding and a rallying yeah. um, that that we haven't been able to have for years, if only because we were in person, but also because of the excitement of the topics being discussed, but also just um, being able to convene with that caliber and that range of um, healthcare um, policymakers, influencers, et cetera. It, it really was something. And I hope we can capture that again next year yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead to 2023, Peggy, um, what are you most optimistic or hopeful about? And that that could mean um, something that's going on at NCQA that you hope will come to fruition in 23 or um, just in the larger healthcare world. What what gives you hope? Well, I think the digital agenda that we've been doing, you know, this year we had a small uh, project. Uh, we, we were calling it a pilot with about five participants uh, to just work on digitalizing measures. And now we're planning to take it to the next level with a lot of early adopters. We've had a lot of interest in that. And we're looking forward to, you know, making these ideas real and making, you know, we know that um, many people in health plans, this, this feels kind of uh, scary and uh, a big step forward. At, um, and, and I think people are hesitant to take a risk. And uh, what we're trying to do is uh, be very, very clear about what we're doing so that it doesn't feel like a risk and make sure that we've got our act together so that people can uh, learn with us and teach us also about what happens when our ideas um, meet the realities that are out there. So um, I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I think health equity continues to be a big issue and um, We'll continue to make progress with that. 
um, the, you know, the early work that we're doing around diabetes where we're interested in alternative therapies um, like wearables. Um, and we're also interested, I mean, I just read the other day an amazing uh, piece by Eric Topol about um, weight loss drugs and the incredible impact they're having uh, on obesity, which of course is one of the major drivers of, of uh, diabetes. But th these uh, these new drugs are actually bringing down A1Cs and um, mitigating uh, obesity in a tremendous way, as much as weight loss surgery. So there's a whole um, new emerging set of models around the treatment of obesity and the treatment of diabetes that I, I want us to be more engaged with. Behavioral health is another area where I feel like uh, we need to we need to do better. Uh, NCQA needs to do better. Everybody needs to do better um, because we have a, a big problem in this country, and it seems like everybody's kind of frozen in their corners. And um, you know, so we we started talking to some organizations. There are tremendous people out there doing great work, like with collaborative care model, um, with digital apps where people can, um, you know, speak virtually with therapists and so forth. And um, and we need to kind of organize this into something where people can have a clear path to do a better job. Also, the seriously mentally ill, uh, we don't currently have measures for the seriously mentally ill other than is there follow up after hospitalization. And that really is kind of a, a weak measure. And um, so I think that's an area where we're hoping to make a lot of progress in the next year. And well, you talk about um, sort of organizing and, and standardizing. I think another area we're exploring that in is care care in the community, if you will, care, it could be care at home, um, care anywhere that isn't an inpatient setting. What are your thoughts around that and, and how are we approaching? Um, well, I mean, I think the pandemic taught us that care can be delivered anywhere. It doesn't mean that it's always the same or that it, it's always to be delivered anywhere. So uh, we're in the, uh, very interesting exploratory discussions with a lot of organizations. Um, but, you know, what I really think is that it's, you know, well, when you have very healthy people with no real issues, I guess it can be anywhere, but it really will be more hybridized. And I think it's it's a tremendous set of tools for people with chronic conditions, a way of um, the elderly staying in their homes longer or having easier transitions. Uh, hospital at home is something that we've been very interested in. I'm not clear what the future of that is, but um, I think it's already been demonstrated that people that are not healthy can be cared for even better in the home under the right circumstances. And so, um, you know, I think of the the old frail person that is kind of in and out of the hospital. It's, a, it's sort of a classic uh, persona, really, in healthcare. Uh, and, you know, if you could smooth that journey out, you could you could intervene when the patient is starting to kind of, you know, decompensate in some way, you can intervene and support them, keep them out of the hospital. If they do have to go to the hospital, you can uh, have them discharged to the home or like sniff at home, uh, you know, skilled nursing facilities at home. So I think that whole end of the spectrum is extremely, it's a tremendous opportunity zone for us in the future. And uh, so we're talking to a lot of the people that are, kind of experimenting with these uh, these new models.
That's great. So um, flip side of the coin, what are you most concerned about for 2023? Well, I, there are a lot of things to be concerned about. I'm concerned about the healthcare costs. Um, and, you know, we're hearing that they're going to go up even more. And um, like 20% of GDP is already too much. It's too much. And it's really stealing um, from other sectors that, that people need as well, you know, like social services and other uh, helping programs for, for the poor. Um, I'm concerned that a lot of delivery systems have uh, had such a tough time after COVID and after the trauma that their staffs underwent, uh, that they're having a hard time filling positions and so forth. And so the appetite to do anything that's absolutely not mandatory is limited. So I worry that uh, it may uh, limit people's uh, willingness to try new things. Um, I do worry about consolidation in the health plan space and in the in the provider space. Um, and I won't say much more about that, but you know, they're just obvious uh, economic impacts that happen from that. And um, you know, you don't have to compete to win uh, when you when you own the market. So, yes. so uh, part of our paradigm is uh, you know to uh, encourage that kind of competition. It's not the only model, but um, but if you're the if you're the one big thing, you don't really have to try too hard. Yeah, all sorts of downstream ramifications yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, having touched on the concern, let's go to a, a lighter ending for our interview today. We'll call it the lightning round. Uh, it's uh, holiday season themed. Uh, first question, do you open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Day. Okay. And uh, do you... Let's say across the across your years, uh, more likely to go out or stay in for New Year's. Uh, this year, I'm going out. All right, all right, and we're going. Uh, we're going early. So yeah, smart move. Yeah. <laughs> My experience. Yeah. Uh, when you're in for uh, New Year's Eve, what network are you watching to see? No, I don't watch TV on New Year's Eve. Oh, my goodness. I don't care about the ball dropping. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. You know the ending. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Peggy, as always, great to catch up with you, to look back, look forward uh, and um, exciting times ahead. Uh, and uh, I just want to say to all our listeners, uh, thank you for your engagement. If you're working with us, if you're not working with us, and would like to please reach out and um, I wish you all a healthy and happy 2023 and a joyous holiday season, no matter what your religion, because uh, Hanukkah is coming up right now, too. So enjoy and be with your family, even if you don't celebrate anything, uh, just take time to be with your friends and family and the people who love you. So it's very important. Thank Great. you. Thank you, Peggy. Take Bye -bye. care, listeners. Bye bye. NCQA President Peggy O'Kane with her observations on the current and future states of healthcare. Thanks again to Peggy for joining us, and thanks to Frank Michike, our Vice President for Public Policy and External Relations, for his enthusiastic support of this podcast throughout the year. By the way, Frank also appeared in our second mini-episode recorded live at our Health Innovation Summit. And that's it for 2022. As we say on each show, Mail us at communications at ncqa.org anytime with comments, questions, and ideas for the show. 
In the meantime, there's lots to come in 2023. We'll continue our ongoing discussions about health equity and digitalization. Keep NCQA's many events in mind for next year as well, including quality talks in the spring, being held at the Capitol Hilton in Washington, D.C., and our next Health Innovation Summit, set for late October in Orlando, as well as our many products, trainings, and informational webinars, all of which you can find out more at ncqa.org. And as a final bow, some inside for you before the curtain falls on us on 2022, I'm happy to share that across 25 new episodes and eight mini-episodes in 2022, our listeners hit play on this podcast over 28,000 times. So for all you are and all you do, dear listener, this podcast and NCQA are and will continue to ever be here for you. On behalf of the award-winning NCQA communications team, I'm Senior Multimedia Specialist Dave Smolar honored and proud to continue to serve as this podcast's writer, producer, editor, and host. We'll see you again, no doubt. You've been listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast brought to you by NCQA, the National Committee for Quality Assurance. Inside Healthcare is available on your computer or mobile device through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and on our blog at blog.ncqa.org forward slash podcast. <laughs>